recording uh i i would like to uh, take this opportunity to announce that trash future is no longer a podcast uh, this will be our last podcast recording uh, we decided to follow the example of long island iced tea uh kodak and sexual consent and pivot to the blockchain <laughs> <laughs> all i'm saying is that while you guys are all on dates I was studying the blockchain, and now this is my revenge. Um, hello, welcome to Trash Future, the podcast about how the future, if we do not implement fully automated luxury space communism, will be and is trash. I am Riley. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rala, R-A-A-L-E-H. Still bad Twitter handle, not going to change it. Uh, who is with me from my right? Uh, I am Alex Keeley. Uh, I'm a comedian. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Alex Keeley, which is K-E-A-L-Y. And I'm a man who just Googled who Corey Feldman is. That's, <laughs> I did not know who that was. <laughs> and now I know. And my life is the same. <laughs> like the same. Uh, Hussein Kizvani at H Kizvani. I realized if I change my Twitter handle, then I lose my blue verification tick. Um, you don't want that. Which I will never do. I will, I, I, I will give up my two grown adult sons <laughs> before I give away my blue verification. And, and, we, and in the bowl, it's a crowded bowl today. Um, joining us from... It is a crowded Joining bowl. us from, uh, from uh, New York, which is on the right of the United States, as far as I'm concerned. I'm Taylor Lorenz, a tech reporter at the Daily Beast. Who you may have remember from like two episodes ago. <laughs> I can't stay away. <laughs> Some of mm. these, that's like, you wusses who only are addicted to listening to the show. <laughs> you know, you know nothing yeah. of true dedication. Yeah. <laughs> co- co- coming, co- Nobody yeah. knew who I was before I climbed in the bowl. I mean, co- coming on our show is really just like spending an hour with us as we try to figure out like how our audio equipment works <laughs> every a, single time. It's a big part of it. But uh, Taylor, you and I have been speaking on Twitter about how you have been uh, covering CES. And so we are going to talk to you a little bit about that in the first segment. Yes, I'm so excited. I got back from Vegas yesterday. I mean, there's one robot I want to talk to you about in particular. But before we do that, we have to introduce our final bowl voice all the way from sunny California or fiery California, smoggy California. It's actually, it's pretty, pretty clear and dry. <laughs> uh, my name's, my name's Milo Edwards. You may remember me from the bowl uh, at, at Milo underscore Edwards on Twitter. In, in San Francisco, it is 10.30 a.m. And my girlfriend has already poured herself a glass of wine. So uh, it's all going Milo well. Milo Edwards, relationship expert. <laughs> Our, Guys, shall we just leap right into the content? Yeah, let's jump in. Shall we give, the, shall we give our, our, our listeners the content that they crave? Well, first we've got to do our sponsor, which is uh, BrainForce Plus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, actually, we, we also have to thank... Um, we, I've spoken yeah. with him online now. Um, thank you to Ginseng for the use of our theme song. You can find it on Spotify. It's called Here We Go, all one word. It's really good. Check it out. Riley's been using this theme song like since the show started and yeah. we only got in touch with the guy who made it like this week. And it's actually, it's not because I'm insidious. I'm just disorganized. Yeah. We, we need a copyright lawyer. We just need a lawyer in general. Yeah. I think that at some point we are going to be in court and we will have to like 
have to justify why if you let a lawyer pick through this podcast none of it would make it to air it would be just like hi this is trash future the podcast about how the future is trash okay goodbye everyone taylor take us take us on a journey through uh through the wild and wonderful world of just shitty robots that don't work yeah so this was my first time ever at ces and i was just like blown away by how like 80 percent of the technology on display like just flat out doesn't work like we had a this like drone which actually wasn't there for the drone it was supposed to be like the first human flying drone or like drone that like humans could fly in which is essentially a helicopter but anyway yeah it's not a drone is it at that point it's basically yeah it's like a human flying machine but anyway um, they they put some people in it and then it just like hopped like a couple steps forward on the tarmac and then just stayed there and then they're like all right that concludes the presentation everyone and they were like uh it didn't fly (laughs) (laughs) wait it's this is this is actually like the drone throne which uh todd invents in season four of bojack horseman It seems to me like a very high-tech version of that guy who kept tying balloons to his lawn chair until he sort of uh, floated through the sky and had to shoot himself down. What, the documentary up? No, no, no. There was a guy who really did this, and he, and he took a pellet gun to pop the balloons with, but then he ran out of pellets, and he, like, floated for way too long. Um, so just before we charge too much further into the CES, into CES content, uh, can we just explain what CES stands for and what it is? Sure. So CES stands for the it's, it stands for the Consumer Electronics Show, and it's this giant sort of tech conference in Las Vegas every year, where over two hundred thousand people attend to kind of like see the latest technology. So like Samsung, Google, like all these companies, um, like all the major sort of like tech consumer electronics companies go there uh, to display like their latest and greatest products. Yes, greatest. So let me start off with like a few of my favorite products. Uh, one like, slash, like the worst things I've ever seen. Um, there was this one thing that I just felt like it was like embodiment of like every piece of technology there. It was called the um, Foldimate. I saw that. Yeah, it was supposed to fold your laundry, which theoretically sounds amazing. Bob and I never fold my laundry and I was like this is great do you just dump it all in a chamber and then it comes out folded and the woman was like oh <laughs> no you have to like individually load you have to like individually like carefully clip each garment on as it like feeds through and like lay it flat like as it feeds through this um like this machine one by one and also by the way you have to like perfectly button up your shirts before you put it in like don't try and put any unbuttoned stuff in (laughs) also don't try to put in like sweatshirts sweatpants like basically anything like baby (laughs) doesn't fold anything except like a like very specific size of dress shirts and pants and it's 850 (laughs) dollars This is classic Silicon Valley reinventing something that already exists. Like, duh, Silicon Valley, it's not a folder, mate. It's called a child slave. <laughs> There's actually just like a child slave inside. Of of years. It's so yeah. It's like, it's like, like why does it need a button? I didn't know if you guys knew this, but actually uh, John Podesta has purchased dozens of these machines <laughs> to start a new laundry He's an angel investor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, he, he's a devil investor. <laughs> There's a there's a billionaire somewhere who has two two large adult sons and two large adult folding machines. <laughs> Looking at the folding machine, like it, in absolute awe at the size of this unit. That's quite shocking. Uh, and I, I especially love 
the my favorite kinds of dumb technology are the ones where they are like clearly like this was just a group of people who just didn't stop doing coke throughout the entirety of the development process <laughs> because no one at any point asked any questions or at any point quest, uh, said no. Um, they were just like, oh, we're gonna make it so huge. We're gonna, we're gonna. No one wants to fold clothes anymore. Ah, oh, what about babies? Fuck babies. No one has babies. <laughs> this is for sure. It's for men. I mean, it's true, right? No one, no one has babies. Everyone has shirts. When you can feel that, like the press release, it, press release is punctuated with like. <sighs> I mean, this is it's just another one of those meetings that Elon Musk goes to and swears he doesn't know how he got there. <laughs> that was my favorite story of this week, by the way. That crazy sex party that y'all went to. That. Nobody actually saw anybody having sex or taking. Mister Mister Musk was quoted as saying, "For the hundredth time, I thought the cop was a prostitute." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? To be honest, like I think I, I genuinely believe Elon Musk. That I I genuinely think that he didn't know that this was like a sex part. Like he's so like aloof that he didn't actually know it was a sex party. He doesn't have object permanence, but for genitals. So what what were some other of these uh, wacky, wild, dick dastardly? Acme style inventions. Good thing. I don't know why I'm so into like clothes. I'm just like lazy and I literally wear the same clothes every day because I'm so lazy and um, would maybe solve this problem for me. There was this mirror. Um, it was this like giant, like it was, I don't even know how much it cost, but definitely I think over a thousand dollars. And it was this mirror where like you would tap what you were doing. So like you wake up, you look in the mirror, you tap, like I'm going to work or like I'm going on a date and it would like pull the stuff in your closet. It would like know what's in your closet. And then, and then you click on the outfit and it would like, tell you where in your closet it was located and I was like oh that sounds great and it like knows the weather and like I was like okay interesting interesting so I'm like how does it know all this about my clothes and like my closet like what and um the woman is like in the future all clothing will have like RIFD chips and I was like okay amazing amazing so like what about like now like I wear sweaters from college right and she's like oh well you have to like go through and hand tag everything for the meantime, which like is insane. So you have to like basically go through your closet and like hand enter all the clothing for this mirror to just like tell you to wear a sweater when it's cold out. Sounds like a good afternoon. And it's like thousands of dollars. Oh, I was just gonna say also there was like an insane amount of companion robots, which were sort of terrifying. Like, what? are you guys know, the companion are you cube. familiar with like the companion? It's like these little like robots that they say will like, be companions for like children and elderly people and they all record everything like they all basically their eyes are all cameras and the thing is like you can just record your child endlessly as it like plays with this robot and um the robots were all like completely broken like a ton of them had like (laughs) they all have these like shitty windows tablets like glued to their chest that are impossible to operate and i can't imagine giving one of those like an old person or child. I'm, I'm really, I'm really into the mirror because I've always sort of wondered how, the, how the hell do I organize all my fedoras? So the mirror also, the mirror also yeah. did like all this other useless crap. Like she was like, it'll play workout videos. And I'm like, so, okay. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> at, at what point does this just like stop being a mirror? Also, who wants to look in the mirror while they work out? Who is that sadist? <laughs> So was the mirror supposed to be making like fashion decisions for you as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What, how did they, so did they talk about how they built that algorithm or like who, like what the hell, how, how do they decide what was fashionable? I was, I was like thinking it would be funny to like, 
if like if it works like have the mirror dress me for a week and like see what kind of weird <laughs> shit it put together because it's like all an algorithm it just kind of like pairs things based off their materials so it'll be like you say you're going on a date and you put on like an ambitiously tight dress and the mirror's like oh come on honey we both know that's a stretch (laughs) (laughs) there was also a mirror that um would scan your face and like overlay wrinkles on you and show you like where you're aging why and like and then it would try and sell you neutrogena products it would recommend the neutrogena products so what you pay you pay ex you pay extra to basically be like nagged by Neutrogena. Yes. 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 And then sold to. Stop. It's like you buy Stop. this like thing that's gonna analyze your skin, tell you what's the matter with it, and which Neutrogena products to buy. It's very sad. Neutrogena always trying to sell your friends Neutrogena products to make you jealous. Was it was it owned by Neutrogena or was it a partnership with Neutrogena? What the hell is the ownership structure? Or do they? It's like Johnson and Johnson apparently invests a lot in tech, so they had they have their whole kind of like thing out. They also had this um they also had this woman at the Johnson and Johnson booth who was selling baby clothes that had like these trackers in it, so you could track your children's breathing as they sleep. No, I guess what parents want to do we need to get we need to get trump one of these neg mirrors and he'll be like okay i've struck an excellent i've struck an excellent trade deal with neutrogena it's it's a it's a country in northern europe okay they're gonna (laughs) so anyway we know know that like silicon valley is trying to reinvent the pickup artist oh my god yeah that seems that seems to be like what (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't wear that you're looking a little bit old but i have the solution for you it's me commit to me forever sign this blo- sign this blockchain sex contract <laughs> i mean i i think we really actually like uh, we've lost a bit of a trick with those uh companion robots for old people but i just i, I love i just love the idea that we're gonna put all of like we're gonna show our seniors we love them uh, by putting them under constant surveillance by a robot nothing says i love you like constant surveillance <laughs> you know, and that's I don't know why my previous relationships have failed, but I'm pretty sure it's not because of the constant surveillance. So bizarre to see, like, I, I don't know, like, it's just, it's so bizarre to see, like, what they think is also, like, fun for children. Like, the, the I don't know, like, the voices of the robots were all really maniacal and kind of scary to me. Like, they're like, hello, like, come play. Like, <laughs> oh, like God. they're sort of terrifying. It's, it's YouTube one kids. notable exception, I will say, is this robot named Curry. K-U-R-I. Oh, we've talked talked about Curry before. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I don't know what you said. It's the one that's just a surveillance robot for your house that does Yes. (laughs) No, yes, it plays music. It sings a song about pancakes. (laughs) Guys, I don't know what it is. (laughs) Colonel to this robot. Like, I, I, I'm not kidding you. Like, all the other ones I was hating on, and then I met this Curry, and I was like, well, I want you in my home. This is how like every dystopian. This is how every dystopian film starts. Oh my it was God. like ten Pennywises and one child. Dear Silicon Valley, my t- child slave cannot sing the pancake song. Do you have a solution <laughs> for this? I'm sending him back to the Democratic Party. Yours sincerely, Elon Musk, age ten and a half. <laughs> <laughs> We want that, that's that I whenever we sort of I hear about products like this, I always like to remember the mantra of the entire tech industry of making the world a better place. <laughs> Wait, do you guys know the huge, huge, huge banner that that you saw as soon as you walk into CES was this massive banner and it the slogan was a better life, a better world. Like a bunch of weird wow. That's literally like something from a sort of like future dystopia film. 
Like there's like the 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 supreme leader chants at you from every billboard, and you go yes. <laughs> this isn't even Black Mirror. This is rejected Black Mirror. I mean, this this kind of shows why Black Mirror doesn't work, right? It's because like all of you know Black Mirror is actually behind on its time, and it's telling you where in your in your closet your good shirt is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. that's oh. Black Mirror with an actual mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that's the. That's the thing, actually. That's the other thing I forgot. It tells you where in your closet it is. Just where. I, I never got a yeah. clear answer how it knows the, the scope of your closet. Because, like, my closet's, like, every closet is different. Like, I, ca- I still don't have a clear answer. I guess you have to map it out. Some- is, is, this, is this what this, like, trash future is really going to look like? It's just going to be us talking to, like, versions of ourselves through mirrors? Charlie Brooker, you can have that one for free. Oh, so I interviewed <laughs> the world's first robot citizen, Sophia. The, the one that said she wanted to destroy Oh, the scary one. Oh, good. But now she really likes humanity. Probably. <laughs> actually, actually, do you want to hear what she said? She's been given a, a frontal lobotomy like a troublesome 50s housewife. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if she, I asked if she still wanted to uh, destroy humanity and she said, human form itself is becoming something sacred to be crystallized, replicated, made into a commodity. Whoa! Somehow worse. <laughs> Somehow much worse. Sophia, come on, trash future. <laughs> I mean, wow. She totally wants to freeze all of humanity in amber, right? Yeah. Oh Sophia my. Sophia is basically the future is now, old man. You are obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, old man. We eat ass now. <laughs> so we're frozen in amber, and then there's a future film made by cockroaches in like a billion years called Anthropocene Park, and then it's like <laughs> it's a very exciting film. <laughs> I mean, it can it can either go it can go a couple of ways. It could she can either become like um, the the female Terminator in yeah. was it Terminator Three? Yeah. Um, or like she can bring out she bring about bring about like a new era of human civilization, which is rooted in absolute stupidity, which I for one welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy. Maybe to maybe she can she can take. She can take over from Peter Dow as the Terminator sent back in time to save Hillary Clinton. <laughs> or maybe, or or maybe what she can do is she can finally tell us how to make a washing um, a folding machine that we won't have to button up first. Look, all I, like I button up all my shirts and perfectly fold them before I put them in the washing machine. <laughs> it's incre- it's incredibly normal and not fascist. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I still, I, I, I just still can't get over the idea of just like a bunch of, you know, bemused, terrified old people, you know, needing, like just being taken care of by like wide eyed camera robots, all of whom are sort of malfunct in different states of malfunction throughout the day. And sort of like mixing up their pills. It's going to be a whole adventure. Yeah. And it's going to be absolutely fine and normal. Taylor, I, I wanted to ask, like, in you know, considering that all you had all these like ridiculous shit and like really genuinely scary robots, what were like all the tech bros there like saying? Were they like really naive to all this, or like was there kind of a recognition that a lot of what CES was was like kind of dumb? I don't think there was a recognition by most of the people there. I mean, I think there's like always. I guess a few skeptics in the crowd. Um, but I feel like a lot of people just buy into the hype. I mean, like the, the thing is like the people who are at CES are like marketing, like a mid-level marketing manager from, you know, someplace like they're sort of like, I guess predisposed to like buying into the hype because they're there to kind of like capitalize on it. So, uh, I don't know. Like I didn't see a huge amount of skepticism. Um, just because it's like it's this very like, like pro tech like community like yeah 
why would they be? I feel like CES might, I imagine it being like mostly tech journalists and men going, uh, I, my, my friend wants to know where the sex robots are. I did, um, greatest story on, if you probably saw the oh, saw. Um, story that I wrote on the stripper robots that were in attendance at the party of a, um, strip club hired these like stripper robots, which were made as an art project that were supposed to be this like commentary on surveillance. And I asked the artist, like, I was like, mm, how do you feel about these? Like sort of just being repurposed for this like strip club gimmick. And he did not give a shit. Like he clearly got paid so much money and was just like, yeah, they're whatever. He's <laughs> like, it's fine. I mean, after, after a long day of um, only folding certain kinds of clothes, I like to unwind with the robot strip club. <laughs> Tech bros have like given up so much on women because you can't trust them unless you have a blockchain sex contract that now what they do is they just they just get horny for robots. But I, I, I am actually really interested in the psychology of the people there. And like, of, of course, they wouldn't doubt what was going on. Right. Like, because yeah. the, the whole point of their existence is to continue foisting not that all innovation is a grift, but certainly a lot of what, what, what's going on here seems to just be people who haven't really thought through the real value of what they're doing. They just have this need to do something. And it almost aligns with what we were mentioning in the cold open, right? These companies that are deciding not even to produce anything anymore. They're just going to be along an iced tea company that is in cryptocurrency. Most notably, an abstract store of value that that is not useful really to anyone as it's amassed, that it actually is enormously wasteful to produce, but is essentially just, you know, amassing wealth. It sort of gives the lie to the idea that capitalism is there to produce goods for people who want them. It's to amass wealth. And if people can amass the wealth without producing the goods, of course they're going to pivot to cryptocurrency. Of course the Long Island Ice Tea Company is going to become Long Blockchain. Kodak's going to become Kodak Coin. And so, like, all the people who are, like... It's all that's happening is that the people who are making sort of weird, broken machines for surveilling old people uh, or, you know, a giant washer dryer sized machine that basically doesn't fold your clothes or a mirror that tells you where in your closet your hat is, is because they haven't figured it out yet that really, if they want to do this, they could stop wasting our time and just pivot to the blockchain and let us die in peace. It's worth amassing wealth so you can buy a mirror that when you ask it, can you tell me where my fedora is in the closet, it replies, which fedora? (laughs) (laughs) There are 50 fedoras. (laughs) So there we go. Trash Future can be smart for exactly one minute and 32 seconds. New record. Basically, it's in the gaps between me saying something. (laughs) Well, that's jazz, isn't it? I apologize. I've I've not peed in twelve days now, so (laughs) (laughs) I I heard. I heard. I heard that CES had actually had like a problem with its power. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Power went out on Wednesday. Um, A circuit, something blew a transformer or whatever you call it. Uh, (laughs) The actual power grid had an aneurysm because it was so dumb. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was um, quite amazing. Um, but then it got up and running, of course. Um, but yeah, all was quiet for those, those few several hours. Yeah, the robot strippers stopped gyrating. The flying machine that didn't fly continued not to fly. <laughs> so, so, so was there like any good tech, like things that you saw which like might have actually been useful? It's so funny.
funny. Somebody just asked me this on another radio program this morning, and I couldn't think of anything. And the only thing I thought of, which is so stupid, but which I wanted, was this stupid credit card the air selfie, and it will take selfie photos for you. It will like basically follow you around and take photos of you for a couple hours. And it's a credit card size you can put in your pocket, and it's a drone. And I just it's a it's a ro- it's a robot boyfriend or robot girlfriend, right? Yeah. That's true. It's like Logan, like Logan and Jake Paul, instead of having the, well, Jake Paul, I guess I don't really know about Logan Paul's relationships. Um, but Jake Paul could just stop like dating all like sort of faux dating all of these sort of girls who seem to primarily exist to take his picture and instead finally just fall in love with a small credit card sized drone. <laughs> and, and together they will, they will missile attack everyone on the CIA kill list. <laughs> Crazy vlog today, guys. We're going after a crowded Pakistani marketplace. Uh, t- Taylor, I'll just ask, is there anything you haven't been asked yet about CES that you want to... Uh, oh, that I really want to talk about? Yeah. Um, I, you know, one thing, I don't know, this, like, this is just something that struck me, but like, it was insane the amount of like parties. Like some people just go there and they just go to these like crazy corporate like bizarre parties like there's there's they hired a bunch of musicians like it's like chain smokers or like um, <laughs> lauren hill it'd be like party tonight and it's like you know they've invited like 700 people and there's smoke machines and it's loud and it's all like overly sort of like corporate branded and it was that that kind of party is just like my nightmare and i couldn't believe how many people would like proactively go to them and like i'm like don't you have work to do like i, I mean I don't know. Like I mostly hung out with sort of like a few other fellow journalists. We had a much more low key time, but like, I feel like people, if you're like a marketing manager for Samsung or something, it's just this like insane party week. And and people would like email me like PR people were emailing me like, come to our pregame at like four thirty in the Aria or whatever. And you're like, uh, I'm trying, like, it's the middle of a work day. Like I can't, like, I don't understand how you guys can just, I don't know. I was struck by it. Cause I, I mean, it just sounded horrible. So every time some, maybe I got an invite, like, now I'm not going to get invited to any party. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the drunker you were, the better it probably was, though. True, but, like, still, you're at some massive, like, Verizon corporate event with, like, the worst crowd of people ever just being bombarded with, like, stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe next year I'll go to the chain smokers, Samsung lounge, or whatever the fuck. That, that literally sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah it's it's the i mean the whole thing it does sort of smack of the end of end times of rome doesn't it yeah it does it felt weird the sort of incredible bacchanal that's not really celebrating anything it's just celebrating the idea of being high energy i would love to see ces get attacked by the visigoths yeah i mean it it, that would really be a turn up for the bugs it's it's really just like sell it like not even like calling it a it's like really just like filling time isn't it it's like if you can't really talk about things that are useful or like the things that you were doing to like genuinely benefit because then they'd all have because if they ever stopped partying they'd have to think about the fact that you know they've invented a surveillance robot for old people or a mirror that calls you fat right like and they'd have to they'd probably all kill themselves jonestown style all right, guys, let's campaign for it. Dry uh, CES next year. Yes, we, we, are, we like, so let's set up a Patreon and yeah, crowdfund us to go to CES. And 
Well, guys, I have to have yo. off, but it was so great chatting with you yeah. guys. Yo, Taylor, thank you no for worries, coming thank on you so again. Much. Like, uh, thank you like, for having me. Thanks for coming on. Like, yeah. official correspondent of actually knowing about the technology world. <laughs> <laughs> I just told you the best tech was like a credit card sized drone, so. <laughs> it sounds like competition wasn't fierce, to be honest. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in a few minutes with the uh, interview with Alex. We've already, we've already got the, the sort of cold open about Utah, uh, so we'll just dive right into conspiracies. Oh no, I totally deleted that part. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? I thought you said we'd lost the whole second half, so I deleted my second half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, guys, I reckon the first half was good and long enough that we don't need to do the Utah story for a third time. It's a big it's a big moment in all our lives. Sometimes you've got to let something die, and I think the Utah story might be the thing we let die. No, the Utah I'm saying it. The Utah story does the Utah story have to die? I think the Utah I think that this right now should be the beginning of the second section and that it becomes part of the trash future mythos. Yeah. The, the Utah story that no one ever finds yeah. out. I'm not I'm not telling that story a third time. Leave this in and let the listeners guess what the Utah story is. The fucking Library of Alexandria lost to all time we can only imagine what fucking Euripides or whatever said Alex like God Killian knows. Alex Killian is getting redder and redder. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't hear that Utah story again. I refuse. I'm a big boy. I don't need it. I, okay. I can do it. All right. No Utah story. <laughs> Sorry, fans. No Utah story. At Alex Keeley, if you want to know what it is. It's the, it's the story equivalent of the Mr. Hands video. <laughs> Okay, I want um, angry tweets in my timeline. For Utah, for Utah story that will never be told and therefore will be a conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. Segway. Tweet at Alex Keeley for suppressing the truth. Yes, please. Alex Keeley is the only person who knows the Utah story. So <laughs> to all our 3,098 followers on Twitter, please individually at Alex Keeley until he tells you the story. <laughs> <laughs> It may or may not involve children. How does that? How does that change yeah. my Twitter algorithm score? Does that improve my engagement and therefore my social authority? No, you're, please every, mention me hard. Please. Every tweet is going to get ratioed. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's finally yeah. happening, guys. You're going to become a divisive hate figure online. <laughs> you're you're going to get mad. You're going to blame everything on like Russian bots. Um, then somehow you'll team up with Eric Garland in like next week when you're back on the show. Um, you're going to tell us all about Gringo Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'd say that segues us into our uh, the second half conversation for our show, where we are going to be speaking with Alex about conspiracy theories, uh, especially the conspiracy theories that have uh, warped the liberal mindset in the last uh, couple of years. There are, two, there are two mindsets: guerrilla mindset. And liberal mindset. <laughs> we are presumably very much of the group. No, we're the third. We're the third. Yeah. Mi- we're the oh. third mindset. We're elevated galactic mind. We're with a no P January mindset. I think one of the things about conspiracy theories is I tend to know one when I see one. Um, you know, whether it's people thinking like about, about JFK or the the moon landing being faked, or no one messaging me back on Tinder. Um, <laughs> 
Like, I know it can spit. Well, that one's real. I know it can. It's actually that my face is so attractive that it's triggering for women and it makes their finger spasm in a way that swipes left. Yeah. No, well, they're, they're just wind, they're wondering. I wish there was a blockchain solution. <laughs> so I know, but I know what, I think I know what a conspiracy theory is, but sort of can you just help us like kind of set down a definition for what we're talking about here? I mean, it's difficult because, you, you know, what you've described there is not a conspiracy theory, but a, a conspiracy, right? The, the, the whole Tinder thing, right? And so that this is the problem with conspiracy theories, that actually there are conspiracies yeah. out there. Uh, and, 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 and therefore it's worth theorizing about them. Uh, I think just generally, it's, it, it, there's a guy, in, a guy in America, a guy called Joe Oshinsky, who who's argued that you know, conspiracy theories, conspiracy thinking uh, is for losers or basically people who have just lost. And I okay. think what we're seeing at the moment uh, across the political spectrum, actually, is uh, a, a, a real sense of, of uh, responding to a defeat. And whether that's Brexit, whether it's Trump, whether it's something else, um, there's a kind of conspiratorial response to this, that it basically cannot be our fault. It has to be some, some malign power outside our influence. Interesting. And so it's like you, it's like you can't accept that randomness. You, or you can't accept that the world wasn't as you saw it. Sure, exactly. It's that... It's yeah. like when I bomb at a gig, essentially, it's definitely the audience's fault. Right, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Um, in fact, yeah. earlier in the break, you were sort of talking about, the, about sort of small F facts and the ways in which like online communities can foster this kind of thinking and sort of accelerate it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about what we were promised, I think about this a lot, sadly. Uh, you know, when, when the internet was started, we, would, we were promised this marketplace of ideas, or at least this was a theory, and it's often one that's bandied around by uh, sort of leading philosophical minds at the moment, e.g. Ben Shapiro. Who, uh, <laughs> friend of the show, Ben Shapiro. Cool, show, ben cool Shapiro. kids philosopher. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the, 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 sort of a kid-sized philosopher. Our favourite manga artist. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd have all these ideas on the, online, and we'd, we'd bang all these ideas together, and all the good ones would float to the top, and the bad ones would be discarded. Almost like an organic process. Like, it would just sort of happen because of some ro- law of nature. Well, the law of the market, which is obviously flawless and, uh, and, and operates entirely outside of regulation. Yeah, it gives us amazing products that fold all of our clothes <laughs> sometimes if we do some certain things to them. Right. right. So we would hope perhaps that in, 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 in the 2018, uh, that, that perhaps we wouldn't be having ideas like we need that uh, folding machine, foldy mate. Uh, sponsored. Um, yeah, that's to go. <laughs> Sorry, it's foldy mate. Um, and... But we obviously do. And, 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 and what I think has happened instead is that you have this kind of coliseum of facts where you bring your facts, small f, I bring my facts, which I seem very much capital F, uh, and we sort of throw them at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, it doesn't get us anywhere because fact against it's fact. mad followers. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you execute it properly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're being facetious, but there kind of is a good point there. It does get you mad followers. Like... You know, Charlie, like Charlie Kirk. Literally mad ones. <laughs> like Charlie Kirk, for example, just all he has to do is say that actually, um, you know, uh, that Donald Trump is the main reason for the stock market being high, which I should remind our listeners is not true and also not good. Um, <laughs> and then all he has to do is, is come, come with that. And he says, oh, my facts don't care about your feelings. Your facts are just feelings. You're, if you say that, oh, no, it wasn't Donald Trump, actually, it was, you know, Obama, et cetera, et cetera, I, president, I have my reservations with. Uh, but nonetheless, even if you say that, you know, mm. it, you still are just get told, oh, you're just being sensitive, you're just a liberal. That's liberal logic. Yeah. 
Sure, right. We have our facts, they have theirs. Other people, flat earthers, they have their facts. And, and they yeah. are facts. That's how they, they yeah. should be understood. Whereas my feelings actually are facts. Like, right now, I feel like uh, a yurt is a kind of dwelling and for the pe- nomadic peoples of the Central Asian I don't know steps. why you're bothering yeah. with that. I'm editing it out. No clues Hashtag to the Utah made. story. <laughs> it's going to be a total black box tabula rasa. I'm sorry, Only guys. Alex Keeley knows. I'm sorry, guys. When I, when I have a freak out about something, I do it big. <laughs> <laughs> so, none of this is going in. It's all Utah story related. I'm keeping that blank because I think it's way funnier. So... As far as the recording is concerned, it'll pick up again here. The web is big enough to... There's no... Well, my feeling is that there's no competition for ideas on the web. There's space for all of it. There's space in CES to have a shirt folding machine. There's space online to believe that the earth is flat, to meet up with other people who... Uh, who, who feel the same way, to share facts, photos, evidence for that. Um, this idea that these ideas are somehow in competition with one another i think underestimates just how big the web is mm. um you said and you said earlier that sort of they they share facts that make one another basically feel good well i mean yeah you could argue that you know this talks to uh, talks to echo chambers or they share facts to piss people off and get followers yeah. out of it you know it's you know if it's not a marketplace of ideas it's certainly a marketplace of controversy right the, the whole point of being no platformed is so that you can then go on Fox and talk about how you've been no platformed and sell your book about being not, not platformed and, and you know, signing multi-million book deals and, and whatever, right? I'm still waiting for my invitation. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have tried many... The, the Toby Young brain genius <laughs> <laughs> I've I've tried many a time to speak about my theories on the flat earth um, at, uh, at uh, Birkbeck University and all the times they've just said, why are you here? We've banned you twice. <laughs> um, please stop taking food from our bins. Don't make us use prevent. Why are you fretting me with a spirit flat, level? I hope should be the president of it. Yeah, so it's, it's well, I think one of, the, one of the key elements here is that, uh, going back to something you said earlier, that sort of conspiracy theories are for people who've lost. Mm. Um, and it seems to me like, uh, and sort of, I kind of want to, um, one thing I really, I'm really interested in talking about is the sort of big boogeyman of Russia mm. and the sort of the place that Russia, uh, the place that Russia holds in the kind of conspiracy theory culture that used to be a sort of fringe right wing thing, but that is increasingly popular among sort of centrist liberals like sort of Eric Garland, uh, especially Eric Garland. Futurist yeah. Eric Garland. <laughs> Strategist, strategist, bass player, occasional rants, makes a hundred bucks a month on Patreon. <laughs> I think this is a, a, a classic example of both a conspiracy and a conspiracy theory, right? We do know that the Russian state has sponsored, in, you know, deliberate misinformation campaigns aimed at destabilizing the West. Mm-hmm. But on top of that is layered this sense of conspiracy, this kind of conspiratorial thinking where blame for all of life's ills is now laid at the door of uh, of, of Russian intervention. And that, and it kind of feels like a, almost like a safety net, a comfort blanket to sort of think, you know, actually when shit hits the fan or when something goes bad, uh, we can just blame it on this kind of very sort of boogeyman mm-hmm. idea that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's, and then sort of it, it's conspiracy theories seem to have this way where their sort of core beliefs will kind of shift around to accommodate whatever 
sort of change in the facts is necessary to preserve the belief in the conspiracy. Yeah, we understand. Yeah, it's it's something that actually the internet would be a great place to study, and not something that that I've done. How sort of new facts get incorporated or dismissed by by conspiracy thinkers? But I think what's also important is how we perceive conspiracy theorists. Because if you think, I don't know, if you think back to the Brexit referendum and you think about the ways in which uh, mainstream media portrayed Brexit voters, particularly uh, you know on the sort of on the centre left ground, there was this, all this idea that, that these people were stupid, that all, that all their fears about um, immigration, well, that was just based on bad facts. Uh, that they are that they shouldn't be worried about some kind of Westminster bubble, Westminster elite that's running the show. Uh, oh, they're just conspiracy thing. They're just conspiracy things. But so, so, so there's a, you know, we can often be, I think, quite dismissive of, of, of this kind of thing without really thinking, actually, perhaps this is pointing to something that is quite significant. Well, it's, it's sort of, it's almost like um, it can highlight sort of ways in which, you know, our, our thinking might sort of be vulnerable to this kind of, um, this kind of trap where we sort of, we, we draw the conclusions that are sort of more comfortable to us. Mm. And I think there are, and sort of not, not being aware of that sort of puts you in a position where, you know, if you might go on an embarrassing 120 um, tweet, tweet storm, uh, where you talk about how you're going to do some game theory, never actually do any, <laughs> and then say that, you know, you're just, you're just sort of um, high on speed and like craft beer and craft exactly beer. one craft beer exactly one craft beer and half an Adderall anyway time to write the new Federalist papers <laughs> um, the real the real game theory is about how guinea fowl caused Brexit <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I guess I just wanted like so I'm I wanted to sort of go go through kind of like the ways in which almost like like the the like other other sort of groups that you sort of know that think like this, like like the flat earthers, or the weird four chan QAnon people, or or what groups are you looking at? I now? mean, so so you 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 find these is the moon flat? Is the moon a rock? Is the moon a hologram? A hologram? It was is. it set up by the CIA? Was it set up by the Russians? <laughs> is it a weapon? Does it exist? Uh, which is for me the most bizarre one. Because now, the thing is, we know that the moon has to exist because where else would the lizard people have their base? Right. Well, <laughs> of course. So, 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 so you obviously you can get lost. That's down realistic, these, guys. Get lost down these warrens of, 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 of various crazy things that, pe- that people believe, and obviously the internet uh, is, is 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 full of all those those kinds of things. I think what for me is interesting is when politics becomes conspiratorial and and, mm-hmm. and when political support becomes conspiratorial uh, because there is a. Uh, almost to come back to the whole point of the show, there is a sense, I think, among a lot of people, certainly in Europe and in the UK, um, that there are an awful lot of conspiracies out there that are making their lives more difficult, whether that is the Westminster elite, whether that is uh, globalization and the power of uh, the tech elites. Um, there's, there's, there is a strong sense that none of these people, none of these organizations are really going to make their lives any better. And whether you think that's a conspiracy theory or a conspiracy theorist, I guess, uh, a conspiracy theory or actual conspiracy, which I suppose the title of this podcast would suggest is a conspiracy. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's, it's sort of difficult, right? Like it, it, it straddles this interesting borderline where you, I often sort of, anytime I look at conspiracies, I often think, well, there's, there is kind of a weird grain of truth here. 
it's just it's been rendered in the in something that's very easily digestible in the form of a story but it does point to a sort of a sense of unease that might you know it might have a there might be a reason for people to feel that sort of uneasy and distrustful it's just it's taken the form of something bizarre yeah i mean i think like to describe the westminster elite as like a, a sort of a conspiracy is giving them too much credit because i feel like the westminster elite are like far too concerned with like the correct way to shoot grouse and like they don't really have the time to like really like like if a, if a conspiracy is like you know like a malign supercomputer then at best the westminster elite are like a sort of sega mega drive made of gammon like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like there's, it's, there's a vague attempt has been made but it's also if you do like I think like yeah watching like say a cabinet reshuffle where you don't check whether your health secretary will move when you ask him it's like but yeah but also they put all these chemicals in the water which makes us I'm like oh, if you can't do that you probably isn't, can't you probably can't do the bigger thing isn't isn't so one of the key conspiracy theories is this idea of this omnipotent state this mm. idea that like, if you look think about like, all of the Jason Bourne movies the James Bond movies there's this idea that you know some guy somewhere some security service here can touch tap a number on his watch and then a helicopter will pick him up and then he'll run downstairs and there'll be a car there with guns. Every verified, it was every verified user on Twitter. That's why Twitter haven't made a proper just, He'll have 15 martinis and still somehow have enough of an erection to bone your wife. So you were kind of saying earlier on in our conversation that like the internet is this big place but the fact that like the majority of these conversations happen on like shared platforms so it's either on like Twitter or YouTube or Facebook and stuff like that. I was, uh, you know, looking, thinking about like conspiracy theories. So I was like a big 7-7 conspiracy truther back when I was a teenager. Um, all those, those good times, you know, those good times. And like, it all came from like watching like weird YouTube videos, right? So I remember like one that I was really into, um, <laughs> which was like... Naruto did 7-7. <laughs> which basically said that like, the BBC had predicted 7-7 in like a documentary in which they simulated what would happen in a London terrorist attack. And they had aired it a week before it happened. And that this was actually just like the red flag that no one noticed because it was so similar to the way that like a terrorist attack would happen in London. But the way that it was packaged was like, you were so convinced that like, yeah, this, you know, this is actually legit. Like you see like the BBC recordings, you can like backtrack that and you can find it. Um, they do say things that are very similar to what happened in terms of just like how emergency services would react. Um, and when you're like, when you're an impressionable teenager, when you're just like an impressionable person online, which is why like conspiracy theories, why the people who are like vulnerable to these conspiracy theories are also ones who are not extremely online. They're not ones who like, no, you know, they're, they're kind of like your dad or your uncle who like know how YouTube works, but doesn't quite get how like what a podcast is or, you know, sort of, you know, still is trying to figure out how to use like Tinder, um, thinking that it's like some sort of fitness app or something like that. So like there's this dissonance where like, I think it's a can of there's, there's this dissonance where like they don't necessarily know how like these new forms of technology work, but they're so invested in like what, you know, these very like quite complicated algorithms There's a different sort of experience. And I guess what I wanted to ask was like, have social media companies like been structured in a way that allows this to happen more easily than say they did at the inception of online? Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say one thing. The, 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 everything you're saying was saying reminded me of that, like that tweet where I can't remember which user, but it was, it was like, you're, you're, you're like your parents in 1997, like, don't go on the internet. It's scary out there. And like your parents now, like forwarding you an email from someone called like freedom.eagle saying that Hillary Clinton is like running a sex. <laughs> so it's like, it's like they can, you only have to use the internet like a bit. 
to be able to do a lot of potential harm to what information you're... Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but the internet is a great leveller in this kind of thing, right? I I don't know. Back in the day, what would you get? You'd get a sort of handwritten note stuffed through your letterbox, you know, warning you of the coming apocalypse or or the various groups are in in charge. You know, it looked Mm -hmm. as ridiculous as it was. Now... Everyone's on YouTube. Hi, I mean, look at Alex Jones's studio, right? It looks like any other new studio in the world, with you know the exception of the branding. Uh, you know, these are hugely professional jobs, and that is a that is a leveler. And you know, the, the fact that these videos mm. are so convincing. Mm. Um, well, that's that's just the thing. It's that the, the is that the sort of if you like the um, the believability of a fact. Sort of, it's rarely really ever been connected to. Um, the extent to which it accords with anything you could call the truth, that's sort of an existing state of affairs in the world, where sort of before, sort of, well, recently, sort of you just believed facts that were told to you authoritatively through the New York Times. Mm-hmm. So there, we must invade Iraq. It has weapons of mass destruction. That was a, cons- that was a conspiracy. You know, it was a conspiracy to, inv- to invade and destabilize the Middle East, mm-hmm. whether it was through incompetence, malice, or a mix of both, I think is, you know, something we'll find out eventually. But... You know, th- these were facts that were believed because of their authority. Mm. It's just the extreme democratization of fact. Mm. You know, it, it, yes, it, it, it's a bit of a mixed bag. It's slightly better that we, we can may, maybe, we're, yes, we're not easily as manipulated by, you know, um, Colin Powell, like stopping by a bakery and frantically dyeing a cupcake yellow on his way to the United Nations, mm. causing, therefore, one of the greatest humanica- humanitarian catastrophes in the ex- history of our species. Um, but instead, now the truth value, the perceived truth value of a fact seems to be connected to the sort of, it's loud, the loudness with which it sure, is said I mean, and the number of people who believe it. Yeah, someone cleverer than I said the medium well, is and this the is why now the only grain of truth you can trust on the internet is my new neurotropic health supplement, Grains of Truth, which are available <laughs> from my website, www.lockherup.com. They make you feel the truth. It, it feels as though we've just sort of traded one set of bizarre masters for another. What, in the, in, you mean in the online world? Or? Well, in, in the sense that we, we, we used to believe what the New York Times tells us, and now it seems that many of us seem to believe what Eric Garland or, you know, Prison Paul tells us. Right, and we, and it's, I mean, I'm trying to link it to, this, to, to the announcement this morning that, that Facebook was going to sort of reduce the amount of media you see and focus on what I think they call personal connections, right? Basically like your uncle's ramblings on Facebook are going to become more prioritized than prison Paul's ramblings. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Basically the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Paul. But so, and again, we know it's it's all about this kind of the the death of the editor, the dragging away of editorial control from media organizations for better or for worse and handing them to you know, some bloke you met on a beach somewhere who keeps you up to date on fluoride. <laughs> but I mean, that almost, I think that sort of leads quite naturally to the question of, you know, who can we trust? Yeah, it, it I mean... Your favourite podcast, Trash, <laughs> Trash Future Pod. Prison Paul, obviously. <laughs> Besides Paul Joseph Watson... Mike Cernovich. Who can we trust? Besides... No, that's the thing. Here's, it, a, here's a character for you. Uh, phone sex Prison Paul. Imagine my cock. <laughs> <laughs> 
hit. <laughs> he's like been planning that Love for. He's been planning that for weeks. Yeah, like he's got his like little. <laughs> Alex Keely, Alex Keeley is just like about to die. <laughs> no, like, no, there's like there's like a grudging respect there. That's, that's, that was my that's my reaction. That was that was even better than the Utah story. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, nothing will ever be Utah story. Uh, yeah. oh, that was a good story. No. Um, <laughs> shame so we'll only hear it once. It's a shame it can never be told again. <laughs> uh, so, look, I think um, that, but that, that, thing that, that sort of leads us to this place where, you know, um, Bill Crystal and David Brooks and, and Megan McArdle and all of these, like, you know, ghouls who sort of led us down the garden path to the rock and are now sort of sprinting to like tearing themselves in half, trying to lead us to the same conclusion with, you know, North Korea or Iran. You know, I mean, it's almost like they don't haven't realized quite the extent to which they're no longer the voice. They're now just one voice among among many, all of whom are saying drastically different things. I think that's absolutely true. Um, you know, it, it, the, the difficult thing is whether or not we would call it a democratization of that or not. I mean, yeah, it's sort of a, it's, it's more chaos. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, we often, oh, I know back in the halcyon days of 2013, 2014 or whatever it was, Arab Spring and the technology companies were going to be the next best thing. And that this was the ultimate tool for democracy. Things were great, but I don't think we would now look on the sort of the, the system as it is and call that a, uh, a democratic, a, a democratic uh, system. No, it's sort of it's it's become sort of slightly. If we're going to stay Aristotelian, uh, it's become slightly oligarchic. Hmm. Um, where, especially like I, this is something sort of I was I, w- I was I was listening to uh, the other day. I was listening to another uh, left wing podcast, um, and they were sort of talking about how uh, the James Demore uh, letter to Google, which to our listeners we will give its proper due, full coverage soon. Um, how, you know, a lot, we're with you, James, solidarity. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the people were saying, oh, that Google is sort of secretly promoting an SJW agenda where if you search, um, you know, European art, you'll get something Moorish or whatever. And it's this idea that sort of there is, there is this permiss, there's not permissive. There is this insidious sort of multiculturalism that's being pushed by the tech giants. But I think they don't understand is that the tech giants promote the conspiracy theories themselves without even knowing it? Sure, uh, exactly. I mean, the the, the, the control of, of information is it, yeah is a re- is a really interesting question, and um, uh, you know the extent to which conspiracy theories uh, thrive any better than anything else, I, I think, is up for debate. Well, it's like it's um we were talking about this earlier, right? Like, if you search "is the Earth flat," Google's sort of helpful device that sort of pulls uh, the sort of the fact up from the web page. You know, it'll say yes, right? But only because the people who are typing "is the Earth flat" likely to, you know, looking for those things anyway. You don't like necessarily go out searching for that. Like you, you kind of pick up this stuff from communities, right? So I don't think anyone, or I, I'm sure, like I don't think that many people who genuinely believe in the flat Earth necessarily went on Google to kind of ask whether the well, like Google was yeah. their first point for finding out it was flat. You know, you you go through like normal channels when you find that stuff afterwards. And really, like the question we've got to ask tech companies is kind of how you find yourself in like what are essentially these rabbit holes, right? So every conspiracy theory begins from one of these rabbit holes. And the thing with YouTube is that it's really easy to get in one of them. Like, you know, we do research for this show, and that means like watching a lot of like these alt right videos. But they usually start off like you know you start off something minor, like you're watching like a Stefan Molyneux video, and then 
you know, now is still in my recommendation. About why it's irrational that girls won't sleep with him, but it's irrational to sleep with girls. Paradox. Yes. Um, yeah. And before you know it, you're on an S Club 7 wrong heads video. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're either like on a, pe- a Peppa Pig ISIS video, which still remains one of my favorites, uh, or like you end up in like a four, four and a half hour live yeah, could a, could a pig join ISIS? There's a theological question for you. <laughs> a four and a half hour live stream of like Richard Spencer um, debating like, you know, these other like right wing YouTube personalities. Like Sieg, Sieg Heiling to like the 10 people that don't want to actively pie him in the face. You know, and I was, I was listening to this at like, you know, mm. 10 p.m. And all I'm saying is that when you wake up at like two in the morning to um, like Richard Spencer like screeching about the white nationalist state, it is, comma, not good. <laughs> it is not the way you want to wake up. Uh, no, um, but, it's, it, but I think you're, you're really you're on something here, which is this idea that it's sort of because they, it's, and again, this is a drum I think we bang quite a bit. I think many roads lead back to here, uh, which is... The trash Future, the trash future Studios. <laughs> <laughs> which is that just in attempting to build something that people will use, they've never really thought of why it might be used or how. Yeah. And so... So, so when something says, oh, well, we'll make our search engine better by having it pull all of the pertinent information into a top box and give it some kind of, you know, I think endorsement as yeah. this is the answer, you know, it, it sort of just, it makes this sort of has this inbuilt assumption that there is this open marketplace of ideas where things will compete and the answer will come on top. But what it doesn't anticipate is this idea that, you know, someone who's, you know, third wife left him. Uh, is going to decide the earth is flat and that's somehow related. Right. Move fast and break things, right? Yeah. And so I almost kind of, and I think that is, but in some senses, this kind of gives us the gra- these grains of truth that, you know, um, people are uncomfortable with tech companies manipulating information in this way. It's just the only way they can express it is, you know, through their sort of red-faced rage at SJ dubs and Tumblr teens. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like something that's happening online at the moment, which is, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in like when we do the James, like when we talk about James Damore in like a future episode, which is about currently like all these kind of conservatives or like, you know, these right wing like chuds talking about like how Twitter is banning their like actually good opinions um, and how like Twitter is. James really... O'Keefe did a sting. Yeah. So that's like, that's the thing that they're all kind of hyping about at the moment. Right. So they're like, you know, these, these kind of right wing chuds who are mad that like Twitter won't post, like won't prioritize their eugenics post or like you know phrenology related <laughs> tweets um now as like big supporters of phrenology on this podcast <laughs> we stand in solidarity um yeah. with them um but again it's one of those things where like there is this grain of truth in that in that like you know twitter you know twitter isn't a marketplace for ideas and it's very well documented but they have done things like shadow banning they have banned people for like like political opinions, particularly on the left, there was a scandal a few months ago where like Twitter was like banning black personalities uh, with opinions and they weren't really justifying like why they were doing Because they get it. mass reported. Yeah, like, you know, so, and this is the first time they've really had to like answer, like try to answer those questions. And these are companies that like aren't built to do that because for them, mm-hmm. like part of them thinks that, well, it's not our responsibility to do it. And now because of all the pressure that's being put on them, they have to, but like what happens when like you're a company full of tech bros who like thought the humanities were just like for pussies. And all of a sudden you have to like ask yourself these ethical questions. Otherwise you are going to get buried in one way or another. 
Um, so like, yeah, again, it's like these things where these grains of truth do exist, but they can be manipulated in ways that like distort the conversation and a conversation about like what are the responsibilities of like a corporation that we use and the power that they hold and what does that say about the internet suddenly becomes this really polarizing thing where it's like Twitter really supports communism, which Mm. is like, like evidently not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, that business strategy seems not. You know, that. Jack's favorite podcast is like the Sam Harris podcast. Guys, like you can relax, <laughs> unless you're like ethnic, then like maybe not. <laughs> and it's it all oh seems God. to cycle back that these choices, the, that, that that these choices give rise to conspiratorial thinking because conspiratorial thinking generates clicks from the conspirators. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a whole... uh, We talked a little bit earlier about the market for controversy. We can think about the attention economy and all this and how ultimately maybe nobody's making decisions about this. Maybe it is just what the algorithms are saying is the most profitable uh, content. Uh, I I guess just think about conspiracy theories in general. I think... Big tech leaves a lot of people feeling quite powerless um, from across the political spectrum and on, in, in all parts of society. I mean, even you can imagine if you, you know, used to collect 60K a year doing journalism for The Telegraph, which included like six weeks stops in Paris or whatever you were doing, and suddenly you're competing against trash future podcast in, 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 a, in, a, in, in a marketplace of... Fraser Nelson, we're coming for you. Much like William Buckley in that sauna in Start. Read the article, people. <laughs> what was it you were saying about six-week stops in Paris? Because that's yeah. not... I haven't got that yet. I, I just read somewhere on the, 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 some, someone... So there was a journalist in America who needed... Who, who was feeling a bit burnt out and, and, and wanted to write a story. This was in the 40s or something. And so they shipped him off to Paris for six weeks to sort of come up with a story. Uh, obviously fully These days are gone, right? Mm. The, the internet has changed. The, the whole thing is just... You can get slaves. You can get like teenage slaves to do your stories. For you. <laughs> no, they just fold. Obvious fold. Just fold. Just fold shirts. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. the, the, <laughs> all, of, all of these, you know, brain force thought leaders like to talk about disruption. Everything's being disrupted, but it's true. And that, and that makes people feel powerless, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. And... Powerless, you know, when we feel powerless, we, we look for, for explanations for that. And I think that does contribute to, to a kind of conspiracy mindset. <laughs> All right. I, I think, that's, uh, I think that's, that's pretty good. We got a nice circular narrative and we've been recording for like an hour and 40 minutes. Time to have exactly one beer <laughs> and half an Adderall. Okay. And then write. <laughs> and make Brexit happen again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, Alex, well, remind people where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, I'm... Uh, Alex Krasodomsky, which is A-K-R-A-S-O-D-O-M-S-K-I uh, on Twitter. Perfect. And we'll, uh, we'll link that in the description. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening. And remember, if you want to find out about the Utah story, at Alex Keeley. That's right. Invade uh, my mansion. Do not ask <laughs> any of us about the Utah story. We will not tell you. <laughs> Alex Keeley will tell you only if you provide him with the right code word. The puzzles are in his previous tweets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>